Peacock just dropped all episodes of Dr. Death. Today, we're discussing episode one, Diplos. If you're somehow unfamiliar with the Wondery podcast the show is based on, I highly recommend it. It still stands as my favorite true crime podcast because it was so unsettling, not too pulpy, and I feel like I actually learned something about the medical field that I was completely unaware of. So suffice to say, I was really excited to see that this TV adaptation had been made and it's got strong casting. So sit back and relax as we discuss the first episode, Diplos. The scariest thing about watching this and hearing it the first time is that it's not preventable. The victims, in the truest sense, did nothing wrong. Like, you can always look back at serial killers and be like, well, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or a cautionary tale like Dirty John, where it's like, don't date assholes or people that have a ton of red flags. But with this, it's like you have people who are in pain already going to a doctor, a hospital, a highly accredited doctor, a highly accredited place to work. All the reviews are glowing and he's able to tout himself as like a car salesman, the best guy for the job. And then they still get screwed over for it. And just hearing about that the first time, and this was so recent, 2012, you'd think, okay, well maybe back when doctors didn't have safeguards and there wasn't a medical board to check up on them, but no, this was so recent and he was able to hurt so many people that it's it's amazingly entertaining, but also just so scary to me. Well, it must be hard to watch, I imagine, because I'm, I'm surprised. The hardest part to watch was like the surgeries themselves. Oh, so they actually do so surgeries. They show him trying to do a surgery and him like with a dentist, you know, the horror thing with the drill where oh, it's like, yeah. but this guy, he's a spinal surgeon. So he's got like a hacksaw and you hear him just grinding away, making their bone into mush. Yeah, well, that's actually not surprising because I've heard that the sound effects, which is a weird thing to praise this show Fantastic. for. But yeah, I've heard that it's just really gritty and of course hard to watch. But Mamanis, I'm surprised you say Sorry, that there were what? surgeries. Mamanis, he's Patrick Mamanis. He's the uh, like kind of the show creator of all this thing. He wanted to keep most of the surgeries till the finale. Because he no. said that he wanted... <laughs> I don't want to see too many more. <laughs> I had to see three today. Well, I think that like in the finale, that's when you're going to get a lot of them. There was a lot of horror stories, obviously, told about Christopher Dunsham. I think that one of them, he Do was... Do you remember like... when we watched Lennox Hill? Yeah. And those were... See, those were scary because it, you were actually seeing like a documentary in real life. But the doctors were very, very trained there. Here, it was like this guy would... Like, he would touch a nerve and they people would wake up screaming during the surgeries. That wouldn't happen too often. Most of the time they were pretty knocked out. But I do know the full story about him and how many people, like th this went through Monday through Wednesday. He had three surgeries and this was after he had been kicked out of his first hospital. But again, the hospital politics of it all, they didn't want to be liable for his mistakes. So what they did was they let him go without actually firing him with a bad recommendation. So the next hospital thought he was just a great doctor, right, he was picked him up. And said, okay, you're part of our staff now. And then we're watching this new hospital basically come to the conclusion and also backtracking on some of the other doctors, like asking them if, if they've heard of this guy, this Dr. Kirby, who's who's played by, uh, what's his face? Christian Slater. Christian Slater. 
his character is almost like the uh the reverse of this doctor they're both very egocentric like they're very confident with themselves but he's actually a good doctor so he's able to point out like how badly this guy is screwing up and he's trying to stop it and well alec baldwin is sort of the the down to earth like he had to he was called in in the first scene to fix or to um they refer to it as revision surgery and he goes in there and he just looks in and he's like, oh, my God, what did he do? But only after describing like you could tell at the beginning, his doctor mind was strictly trying to go uh, step by step and talk about what he was seeing in there and how he was fixing it. But it got so bad while he was describing. It. And this is why I remember from the podcast, like it wasn't just small mistakes that this guy was making. He would literally just open people up and wing it. Yeah. And it's almost like he had no medical training whatsoever. And even in this episode, they're like two things. Either he's an imposter or he's doing this on purpose because he's had the education. But somehow, and like he he speaks about what he's about to do before he does it. But once he actually goes into the patient, he just does a horrible job. Right. Yeah. And I on simple surgeries. I heard that like for Dr. Death, the podcast, at least was narrated by Laura Beale. It was considered like one of the scariest podcasts. And the thing about his surgeries is I think he performed 38, 33 of those people were maimed, maimed, maimed or died. Yeah. And and some of them like will later on figure out they kind of hinted at it in this first episode. Jerry. Jerry is a close friend of his. Right, yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they get further into that, but there's a reason why Dr. Kim Morgan, who I think he has a relationship with, also from Mr. Robot, like Christian Slater, I was almost waiting for Bobby Cannavale to show up (laughs) at some point, but she was the lady detective, the FBI. Right. Yeah, so she has a restraining order on uh, Christopher Dunch right now, already in the first episode because of what he's done. I like how they've mapped this out sort of in the show where they're not giving us a direct um, uh, storyline of like, this is the order of events. Like we start off and we see sort of him already incarcerated. And if you look up the guy's Wikipedia page, uh, it shows sort of his, um, what's it called when you take the police picture of someone? His mugshot? Yeah, his mugshot sort of. And that was the shot they sort of used for Joshua Jackson. Mm -hmm. They made him look way older and he got a fatter face. And it was great to see that because then you were like, okay, so this is the same guy. Well, Joshua Jackson has, actually wasn't set to play this role. Originally, it was supposed to be Jamie Dornan, and they had this wow. thing. They look at, they look like pretty similar, and I understand why they do that because they want to make it a charismatic dude mm-hmm. who, who who you could believe is kind of a villain as a, at the same time, and he's already played a villain in that uh, BBC show. Yeah, well, did they make the fall? Him, yeah, did they make him sentimental in this show? Like, do you feel bad for him at all? We're supposed to have him see sort of his conscience um, when he calls his dad mm-hmm. and he tries to after he's sort of screwed up another patient, but then he immediately like starts blaming other people for the mistake and then he leaves. Yeah, Joshua Jackson said the biggest obstacle for him playing this role was just not to see him as a bad guy because he had to play him. Um, but I what? feel like whenever like, of course you, he's a bad guy. Well, of course he's a bad guy. Yeah, but like he had to try and act as him, and he was like, I can't like see him as a villain because I have to play him that yeah, way. Yeah, that's one of the tragic things about the podcast too, and the thing that sticks with me. It didn't happen in this episode, so I can't talk about it too much. Um, but in a way, there's a moment of realization in the podcast where they describe something that the character does or how he looks where it hit me that the guy actually thought the entire time, and this isn't really a spoiler because you you kind of know it, that he believes that he's a good doctor. It's not a show. 
he actually thinks, oh, I'm too good for the rest of the world. And whenever anything challenges that, whenever a patient dies or something, it's always someone else's fault. But he actually believes that. And that that is almost the scariest part of the entire thing. Well, yeah, because he was able to, I believe he graduated from University of Tennessee and he was able to always circumvent his way yes. into like power basically and had like was just performing well he's not like a genius manipulator he's more just again very charismatic i heard a really good car salesman i heard in the show well yeah he would like i think they said he was like a rising star that's what all he would confirm he would say that he was a rising star like whenever the even the boss of the new hospital came to speak to him and was like hey i heard that first surgery took a while and he was like no 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 no, that wasn't my i did it right (laughs) and so again He's playing it just the way I remember it from the podcast. They're just changing up the event order a little bit. And they said at the beginning that it's based on real life stuff. But then they included some dramatic like elements that weren't oh, yeah, particularly yeah. there to fictionalize it a little bit. But I just assume that's part of the surgeries and stuff. Because you have firsthand accounts, but nothing else to go off yeah, of. Yeah, and that, and um, the director re- or the creator really wanted to get those firsthand accounts. Especially the ones that Beale wasn't able to narrate on. Because he says there's a lot of things that like the narrator for the podcast wasn't privy to. That he wanted to get his hands on. In fact, Christian Slater even wanted to speak to uh, Dr. Kirby. Um, the creator wanted to actually speak to Dush, but that just was never going to happen. And they had plans to make this all the way back in 2018. That's where Jamie Dornan comes in. But because of COVID and scheduling, they he wasn't able to do it. So they went to Joshua Jackson because the creator saw um, When They See Us. And he has a small part in that, but that part really affected him. So they called out to him and he was able to do it. So two things about that. One is when the first Dirty John podcast came, I think that like paved the way for these other ones. to. I know Home- Homecoming was before that. And they've done several podcasts for indigenous, but it showed that it could be successful. Like, but it also was super pulpy and sappy. And like, there were reasons why it felt like it was a lifetime movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is different. So I think that this is an actual medium that could be a good drama. Well, that's, yeah. People are saying that even though this show does have its problems, this kind of catapults Peacock into... Well, a lot of people like the very beginning of the show. They kind of like the pilot, and they like the like kind of artistic so you're saying down the line, but nothing from what I watched that nothing, anybody's. Yeah, I, I didn't see too many people. Have I a like that with the they waited like twenty minutes until we even saw too much of Christopher Dunch. Like we saw the 2012 version of him. Mm-hmm. All we saw was the reactions of different doctors talking about what they'd seen, of opening people up in in exploratory surgery to see what was going on, the nurses' accounts, like, and you could see the fear in their eyes. Like, I think Alec Baldwin did a really good job, and so did the nurse who who watched basically this guy mutilate three people in a row. Um, I think they they both did a really good job at kind of showing you that doctors have trauma that they see all the time yeah of course so yeah. they're desensitized to a certain extent they're not going to go crying every time they see this at least not in front of the patients right, yeah of course not but you... so when you watch an actor portray that they have to thread a very clear line not to go over overkill with it but if you can tell that they're being affected by something that they're seeing from a fellow doctor like that's serious stuff and so I thought that that was really good directing and story making to not even have to show the character to make you fear him. Well, I know. Oh, so it was like one of those things where I guess kept on building it up and then you finally see him. 
almost. But you see him kind of just as like a swell dude. Like he's like, hey, he's seeing his first patient and he's convincing them to get the surgery. And that's the scary thing is like, you know, all this stuff going in about how he's going to screw these people up. Like they show you the week after and all these patients are messed up. And then you see him meeting those patients and you understand why those patients were so thrilled to go and get him to do their surgery. Like you, right. you, you would yeah. be, you're looking for any reason why they would be like, oh, this is a red flag. This is why I wouldn't do that if I was in their position. And really anything that you get, he's so quick to respond to that you would immediately be satisfied. A lot of times patients that went for routine surgeries would come out and they would not only have their problems not fixed, but like family members would say like somehow they would just suddenly become like vegetables. Like something that was completely unrelated to the surgery would end up like causing them to ruin their life forever because of what this guy did. Yes, people were breathing through tubes or dying on the table. Which was why it surprised me that you says he got glowing reviews because I know that at least as it was going on, a ton of doctors. From other hospitals because again, the hospitals don't want to admit liability for a bad doctor because then they would be on the hook for every single patient he fucked up. So what happened was they would recommend him, like they would say, hey, if you leave our hospital, we'll give you a good recommendation. And he'd leave the hospital. He'd use that recommendation to get into another hospital. And then he would just keep on bouncing around and no one would ever get wise to the fact. The only place that they called that found out like that was his original like med school, Mm -hmm. which Alec Baldwin and Dr. Kirby, I forgot what Alec Baldwin's, and Dr. Henderson. Yeah. They were calling in this episode the, the med school he graduated from to see if this was the actual dude who was performing these things. And, and that guy came to his defense and he said, yeah, that guy's a good doctor. So that's the only questionable part. The thing that they didn't do that I remember sort of from the podcast is they didn't get too much into his personal life here. They did. They touched upon it. But I know that the podcast focused a lot on some of the personal stuff in his life. Like he was a like uh, he was like a frat guy. Like he was, yeah, I, he, I know. He, was, he, he came to work drunk, like he hung over and stuff, and he's rich and stuff. But that doesn't really compare to what the podcast was describing, like his inner friendships and stuff, mm-hmm. and trying to give him more motive. The one thing I thought the actors could really excel on here, and probably really, in, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, that all of them had listened to the podcast and really wanted to be in this, <laughs> because it would be so easy to get into these doctors who were surrounded, like getting to their um, mental, like that's what the actor tries to do when they read a script right right but they have the material right in front of them they're well, hearing and, it yeah, and, from their voices yeah and patrick mamanis even said like the story is kind of laid out for them yes. like they they have a ton of detail and it's I, easy for them to be the hero so so yeah i was really into it when well, i was re- watching their scenes yeah and it, a lot of them actually didn't listen to the podcast until they got the role like for example patrick yeah, mamanis but he, they did listen to it eventually yeah right? he got the first three episodes before i think they were like officially released and then when he got Christian Slater, Christian Slater got the role. He started listening to it and kind of became really, really into it. I could see so that. So it seems like he has that personality. But they didn't really touch upon like his drug use because there was an eyewitness account that said that not only would he come to uh, work drunk, but he also did cocaine and LSD in one night and then went to work. Yeah, like, they sort of show that in the like he his scrubs were always dirty and ripped in the wrong places. Um, he he's basically like if he had watched a bunch of House and then thought that he could do it himself but he has none of the genius yeah, well but house was also not a surgeon like he, he i'm sure he did a surgical res- residency but like he, again you wouldn't want this guy ever even a million miles away from you uh, thinking about surgery like it, it, it's so scary to think that anybody could just walk into a doctor's office see 
an, someone with a not only an MD but a PhD. Yeah. And just be like, okay, well, this guy's gonna fuck me up real bad. Well, and were there people that that were in the show that weren't in the podcast? Because they did add. I some wouldn't remember. The, I don't. It was a couple years ago, and I just remember the overall themes and certain moments from it that I was mm-hmm. waiting for. But I don't remember every specific thing from the podcast. I know that you didn't. Watch- I know it's done a second season. I never listened to the second season either. Right. Yeah. I think that the first season is when I became really big. Yeah, but um, the second season came out in like 2020 with yeah. updates, kind of like with Serial, with, with what right. they did with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you never watched it, but Dirty John, I know you did the research for it. Did any? I know you said it I watched of it. some of the first season uh, it, it, just to see how it translated mm-hmm. back to the um, original storyline. Yeah. And again, they. It, feel, it felt like the podcast was actually better in that case. Well, the first two episodes were directed by the person who did Dirty John because Stephen Freer, uh, because of COVID, he was someone Fire. who was actually very... He was recently Oscar-nominated. He couldn't end up doing it, so then it turned into an all-female directed cast, which uh, people are saying they like how it was directed. The weird thing about it is, is that when he gets to the ending, and I don't think this is a spoiler because you say they start off with him in jail, right? His mugshot. Incarcerated, yeah. Yeah, they say when they get to the trial portion of it, which is odd because the episode of Dirty John that I watched, I really liked and it was all about a trial but that was the Betty Broderick story so yeah. that wasn't even in the podcast really the, like the first season the part that got it into mm-hmm. becoming a show the first season was all about this guy who was actually named John and how he kind of manipulated his way and I believe he was also a doctor or nurse like I think he was <laughs> so, so they just always have a connection to, yeah that, that's that's very scary but like I feel like with the surgeries you say that you hear like a lot of detailed noises but isn't it just I I feel like it'd be really disturbing to no. watch because you always know he's going to mess up. Like, it's not one of those things where... It isn't it, as detailed as Lennox Hill, but you know those scenes that you get where you see partial parts of surgeries going down and the monitors and the and the blood and right. stuff? Like, that's sort of what you're getting here. You get to see him actually, like, fishing around. No, I, you just don't see the actual... Um, uh, well... I guess you do at some point see the bone. I understand, but what I'm saying is that, like, with things like maybe Grey's Anatomy, even though I never really watched it, I imagine when they're doing a surgery, uh, it's supposed to kind of be intense because you don't know if they're going to save the patient or not. But this guy was so bad at his job that if you, whenever you see he's doing a surgery, you know he's going to mess up. Yeah, so, this is how the, the nurse described it. They said everyone in the room could have done a better job than them. And because everyone in the room has at least got, an, an, like, a nurse. They knew what was going on that was wrong, mm-hmm. Um it, they kept on trying to guide him saying hey let's call these people and let's get them to uh the critical care right now because they, they're losing uh, blood and, and the guy would do like the exact opposite of what he needed to do and so this is one of those rare shows where i'm not expecting a big twist or something to happen like i know what i'm going to see here but i'm still going to watch all the episodes because again i feel like i'm still learning something while watching the fact that hospitals really need to improve this type of doctor from being able to just skate by like there right, has yeah. to be a way in which because what they're mainly afraid of is getting penalized for it and so there has to be a greater good scenario where it's like yes even though we're going to get slapped on the wrist here we can't have this guy still doing medicine like the kim morgan dr kim morgan who uh he had a relationship with and who has that restraining order against him when she found out he was still conducting surgeries she was like just as scared as as i assume anybody else who actually had a surgery from him and when and peacock is also going to be releasing i believe like a four episode documentary alongside uh or docuseries alongside this show that's a lot (laughs) does it need does it need another telling of the same thing well again it's going to be a docuseries so i think they're actually going to get interviews with people but with henderson and kirby was the chemistry good there because i've read a lot of positive reception that slater and baldwin have gone for the chemistry that they had yeah in the show 
Yeah, and it's fun to watch. Seeing Alec Baldwin pop up there at the beginning, I was like, "Wow!" When you say when you say fun to watch, you mean like more just? Do they crack jokes? Like, does it have dark humor? In it? Kirby is a little bit of a jokester, but also you can see how angry he is at the fact that he's even has to like deal with this political stuff with with this doctor to get him disbarred. Like, for fuck's sake, he's messed up so <laughs> many patients. And he you said he ends up messing up 30-some? Yeah, 33 out of And it would just be back to back to back. There wouldn't even be... Like, they, they would just continually let him do surgeries and not stop him at some point. Uh, yeah. The show has a 7.7 on IMDb. It has an 82%, I think, on Raw Tomatoes with, like, a 90% audience approval rating. Uh, some complaints have been given for later episodes because they do time jumps, I believe. Like, I think they time jump eight times across five different periods yeah, was in a, an episode. Again, I didn't find to the first episodes having too much of a problem because they do the present day, and then they jump back to 2012, where we're seeing Alec Baldwin a week after what we end up watching, which is the first three days of that week. Mm-hmm. So we do get a lot of jumping in, in time uh and there are some surgeries where the guy uh screws up but does it just well enough where the patient doesn't complain but so like he barely scrapes by yeah like, like something superficial something so non-essential that he he is capable of getting it done and so the patient doesn't feel that back pain for the rest of their life but that happens so rarely that it, it's it, yeah again you would never want to take those chances <laughs> so i i know that from what you're saying you kind of are giving a positive spin on it but like does the show actually did it really need to be made because you already had the podcast which a ton of people like from wonder like did it just feel like they Wondery. were more wonderly yeah did it feel... <laughs> I, I remember the martian movie yeah the book is way better than the movie so you would say the podcast is better than the show the podcast is going to be better than the show because that was where i originally heard about this but if you are if this is your original introduction to it and you watch it i think you'll really enjoy it enjoy it in a in a a learning sense when joshua jackson was filming this he had a problem with his back actually but he didn't want to go see a doctor because he was worried about the fact that he was playing and like everything that was going on um but yeah i think it would have been weirder if he had like gone to talk to the dude like sometimes you hear about these right. shows where it's like Mind Hunter and they're going to talk to real prisoners to well, try to get yeah, a good no, sense no, of this. But anybody who talks, I wonder what the guy has to say. But at the same time, I don't want to hear. Well, from again, him. <laughs> that's the, the creator tried to reach out to him at the very beginning and wasn't able to. I know that um, Christian Slater, even though he wasn't able to speak to the actual Doctor Kirby, his brother was like a vascular surgeon, so he was able to kind of like get to know his character pretty well just based off of that. The AV Club gave the, this show overall because all the episodes were released a B plus. Did the show have any dream sequences or surreal sequences in like this episode? Yeah, a little bit. No. And I don't remember the podcast having any dream sequences either. Like, I don't think they ever went... Well, I think later on the episodes, Patrick McManus, he did one the fourth episode based off of Vince Gilligan's Breaking Bad sequences that he would sometimes do. Okay. Which is why I find it so strange how, like, you can make a show like this, but you can also kind of add it and make it your own, especially when it's such a dark story. But people have said that it's a good show to binge, and um, again, it seems like you've given it a positive review. Yes. So that's my review for the pilot episode. I don't know how to pronounce the name of it. It's Diplos, I think, but I couldn't figure out what that meant it's probably a medical term but thanks for listening we'll see you on the next one this one was rated tvma also we'll be doing our top 100 or the last 100 that we've done when we hit our 200th episode yep. which is going to be in the next few right? coming up pretty soon yeah. all right so keep your ears open for that bye bye